Good afternoon. Welcome to the All 49ers show. It's us, the All 49ers crew. Yeah. Grant Cohn, Jose Sanchez, here to talk Niners for you. We're going to be talking about Shannon Sharp's outrageous declaration that Brock Purdy is a product. Outrageous, system? Grant. Wow. I'm offended. We'll talk about Christian McCaffrey. We learned about him yesterday. We talk about um, Randy Gregory. Uh, but first, we got to start with this game because it's happening on Sunday. Niners are playing the Browns in Cleveland, and Deshaun Watson is not going to play. Does this give the Browns a better or worse chance to win this game, Jose? Oh, no. Deshaun Watson's out. What on earth are the 49ers going to do? Um, this is, I mean, I think it is honestly the real matchup here. Like, sure, it's going to help a little bit because facing a backup quarterback versus a starter is always a good case, right? It's never going to hurt. But the real matchup in this was always all along going to be the 49ers offense versus the Browns defense. Like, this doesn't really change too much. If anything, the real change that it does help the 49ers in terms of benefit is let's say the 49ers do have that tough, you know, do do have that tough matchup with the Browns. Like, okay, then they're definitely not going to score 30 today and 20 is looking like a stretch. Then all of a sudden, defense, pick it up. You're facing a backup quarterback. Let's force some errors. Let's let's see those sacks that we've been missing. Let's see those picks that we've been kind of missing. Mean, I know they got three off, the, off Dak Prescott, but come on, Dak Prescott was always going to give that up. Let's see more of those opportunities. Let's help your offense out because pretty much the story of the season has been the 49ers offense, right? They're scoring 30-plus a game. They're moving the ball like crazy. I mean, it's kind of made the 49ers defense almost an afterthought, even though they're still a premier side. But I think this will be the game that, okay, the offense really needs the defense to be the anchor, be the superhero, and save them and bail them out. And I think that's where they really benefit from Deshaun Watson being out. Now you got P.J. Walker in there. So you, you think you think Deshaun Watson is better than P.J. Walker? Really? Wow. I'm not saying it's better, but I think also if you if you factor in Steve Wilkes knows PJ Walker, right? From his time with Carolina yeah, last year. So I think he would know yeah. what he's gonna do to try to force him into some errant spots. To me, it's it's app tomato, tomato, tomato. It's like okay, the quarterback situation is kind of poo-poo in that situation, no matter what. Um, it, it's it's pretty ugly. I mean, yeah, if it was Dorian Thompson Green, maybe I'd feel definitely a little easier because you got a rookie Robinson. in that situation. I mean, excuse me, yeah, excuse me, sorry. sorry. <laughs> it's a bunch of, right. a bunch of hyphenated out there. Bunch of names, um, yeah. I, I would say then feel more confident because then the Ravens really put them put them in their corner. But I think because you have Steve Wilkes knowing PJ Walker from Carolina last year, it helps a little bit, and you know it, it'll give them more time to pre- for press for more errors on their side. I'm looking at PJ Walker's game log last year with Carolina when Steve Wilkes was the interim head coach, and there was one game against Atlanta. Atlanta, where yeah. they lost, but they put up 34 points and he threw for 317 yards and a touchdown and a pick. And then there was another game against Tampa that he won where he went 16 for 22 for 177 yards and two touchdowns and no picks. It's very Brock Purdy-esque, Josh Dobbs-esque. We'll say Josh Dobbs-esque game. So yeah, the Niners are going to win big time. Deshaun Watson, even if he had played though, like wasn't there a game a few weeks ago where he had like three personal foul calls on him? He was like face masking people, like against Pittsburgh, I think, or he was something. Doing like all kind of stuff that he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a joke. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if against a backup quarterback at this point, like Walker, like it, it feel it feel a little easier on the superficialness, at least in that sense. Because um, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's like it, it never really mattered who the quarterback was going to be. They didn't have anyone impressive there in the first place, and even then, there's no Nick Chubb. So who's the real threat in that offense? Now it's like, who the hell do they even have that you're like, watch out for this guy, Amari Cooper? C- come on. 
Like there's no one on that offense that's really like like you really have to circle and do your utmost to stop them. Okay, I'll ask a question. Will the Browns offense score a touchdown in this game? <laughs> I, I think one. they'll get one. I think they'll get one. They'll get one? Because the 49ers have been good to give up like a, like a random one for some reason. Like just one. There's always that one drive. It's like, and then you see everyone on Twitter get all pissed. What is this defense doing? It's like, it's one drive. Relax. Come on. He, it's not like this was the third or fourth time. I think it'll be good for one. If anything, it'd probably be a garbage time. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. All right. So one touchdown, maybe maybe 10 points. Wait, I was about to say like, over under 13 points yeah. of Browns. Under. Ah, <laughs> right, so forget forget their offense. Let's talk about their defense. It's going to be an interesting test. The Niners going to win the game, unless something weird happens and they lose to PJ Walker. But it's a it's a really big test for the offense. It's the biggest test they've faced. It's a big. It's a be, It might be the best defense in the league. It might be better than the Niners' defense. It's really stacked. And as good as Michael Parsons is, Miles Garrett is just as good and bigger. So will the, the plan that the Niners used for, to neutralize Parsons that worked so flawlessly last game also work on Garrett? Mm, I feel like it's not because I think something with Jim Schwartz having Kyle Shanahan's number over the years and him being very dissectable in terms of when he watches game plans and stuff like that, I think he's going to look at that film and really emphasize, like probably brought in Miles Garrett over the shoulder and be like, look, dude, this is what they did to Parsons. We need to avoid this because I'm going to put you here. And if you do get in that situation, where you, I, I think they're just going to be smarter about it because they've seen it already. The points have already shown their cards of what they would do to try to slow down a type of pass rusher. And plus, it's not like, you know, necessarily Parsons and Garrett are the same, you know, same style of, you know, pass rusher, even the same person or player. So what works with against Parsons probably won't work against Garrett. I'm sure the 49ers will try to implement some of that to a degree. But I think if you're the 49ers, you're going to try to, like, tweak it in somehow. I don't know how you're going to mask it. With you know the way they do so many motions, maybe you get Purdy more on the move a little bit since Parsons, I would think, is a little bit of a faster player than Garrett because, like you said, Garrett is more stockier, he's more bulldozing. I think if you're if you're especially Swartz, you're not going to be a fool like the Cowboys did and, and line up Mark mm. Parsons half the time over Trent Williams because that's pretty much that was like, so stupid. It was like okay, you're pretty much saying thank you, we are going to win this rep because it was really stupid in the first place. So I think number one, that's going to be. Why do you think they did that? I kind of thought it was a little bit machismo in terms of like, on oh Parsons yeah, we're gonna part. put our guy over there on Parsons' part, or Parsons maybe on Quincy. Maybe, like, maybe maybe Parsons wanted it. Maybe he's like, I'm not avoiding Trent Williams. Maybe I want this too, matchup. Which I think yeah. was stupid because last week when we talked about yeah. like, hey, Michael Parsons, Nick Bosa is number one in the league edge rusher, uh, double team rate, but Michael Parsons is only four percent less. He's right there with them. So why not keep him on the same also, side? Where he knows Bosa the frequently puts himself on the left side of the defense to get whatever matchup he wants. Like he's not above that. He's not going out there like I gotta beat the best blocker out here like no you don't you just have to get the sack you do it parsons so i feel like that's one thing that's one area where mm -hmm. the browns won't let the niners off the hook like cold McKibbin's gonna have to block miles garrett he's gonna have to stinky not ideal not right there right that's where you're gonna have to have your boy you stick with ease rest to the left what's to the right and then has to go over there and try to chip Miles Garrett, which I'm not too sure how much impact that's going to have, but as long as you can slow him up for half a second, that's going to matter. So I'll, I'll be wondering if the 49ers game plan is going to be more of a quicker release game because it kind of felt like they were letting – Kyle Shanahan was letting Purdy, like after he settled in, it was clear that they could handle that pass rush, that, okay, we can let him sit back there for like two to four seconds now and we're straight. So I think this one is going to be implementing more of like, 
What can we do to work around that? Maybe overload the side that we think is going to be on. Because if you overload the side against McKivitz, how much is George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, and moving away from that is really going to help too much? You know, it kind of it kind of feels like Jim Schwartz is smarter in that sense than Dan Quinn or Michael Parsons would be with Gary. Also, I feel like the Niners loaded up to start to stop Parsons, and Quinn <clears throat> didn't really do much to help Parsons. But with Garrett, it seems like Schwartz is doing a lot to help Garrett get sort of freed up, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen it. He'll line up on one side, and then before the snap, he'll run to the other side. Or he'll stand in front of the center and start crossing them over. Like They're being very creative in how they get him set up, and it seems like it's very difficult for teams to load up to stop him because they don't really know where he's coming from on any given play, which makes it more difficult. So pretty much, how do you feel like the matchups aside from player versus player? How do you feel about Chris Forster against Jim Schwartz in that sense and his defensive line coach and what they can do to like really mix and match with that sense? Because where, where, where's the really mental discipline? Are you going to be able to keep an eye on him? Like, don't get confused. Like, oh, he started on this alignment and all of a sudden he's over here and I'm blocking air. Because that hap- that could happen at times. I mean, not saying it happens too much to the 49ers offensive line, but it, it could happen to be a mental lapse. It, there's going to be ways where these both teams are going to try to really put that fake mask on, try to see if you can free him up. And then if not, because if you're just going heads on, that's not really going to work out too well in the 49ers' favor. Again, I know it worked well with Parsons, but I just feel like what worked for them isn't going to remotely work halfway near as well as it will for Garrett and, again, the Bra- and the Browns company. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Jim Schwartz is a uh, really good defensive coordinator, maybe better than Dan Quinn. And I think Miles Garrett's probably a, a bigger handful than Micah Parsons. You know, I think the Niners do a good job against like undersized pass rushers like Parsons, Aaron Donald, but it's the big menacing ones that can overpower them because their offensive line isn't that big. Yeah, like Colton Kivis one-on-one. Yeah, they can handle the speed rushers pretty well. The bulldozers, like sometimes the Niners get road graded. So it's going to be interesting to see. They're going to have to really help Colton Kivitz. I think Trent Williams should be able to handle him on his own. I think. Think. Last time you had, last time you had help, uh, he had did that against someone who was less of a speed rusher and more of just power, just maybe all well-rounded. TJ Watt that didn't work out too well. Again, you know they blew this, they blew the lid off the Steelers in that game, but there were easily like three drives in that game where it was like, oh, okay, this could have been exacerbated in a closer matchup against a better team, and this is against you know a better defense. And this is again where you're gonna hope if if it does get to that point where you're not really having too many answers or enough to slow down Garrett, that okay, 49ers defense, where you at? PJ Walker, pick him off, score some points, hold them to less than 13, because all we gotta do is get to 20 and we're winning or 13, 16, whatever. Do you think Dorian Thompson Robinson, the first, will play first. in this game at some point? No, I don't think he will because if he if they wanted him to play, they would have started him. I think they were kind That's of. True. I feel like the fancy was kind of pissed at his last game for some reason. When it's like, why are you pissed at him? Deshaun Watson was the one who really you should be pissed at because he kind of left you guys hanging. He was reported as questionable that he was on mm-hmm. track to play. Then he wakes up. He's like, I'm good, fam. I'm I'm, I'm all right. I'm gonna go count my dollars. You know why his shoulder? He has a shoulder contusion, probably from flipping too many bills as he checks. Because there's no way he's doing it from throwing passes because he sucks. Wow. I like it. I That's like where it he very has much. Exercise. Right. Let's get to the title topic. Shannon Sharp, who played, who called me? Shannon Sharp, who played for Mike Shanahan and might have Mike Shanahan on speed dial. I don't even know. Maybe he's call- calling him and talking about Brock Purdy all the time. On his show, said that Brock Purdy is a product of the system and is not an elite quarterback. 
is that an outrageous thing to say? I mean, you can't really say that in the Bay Area. Like, you're not allowed to say that. But I don't know. What do you think? He's not an elite quarterback. He's not. Come on. I mean, he's true on that. If anything, what he said that really bothered me was all Purdy has to do is go out there and not throw turnovers. And I was like, what do you mean and go out there and not throw turnovers? So all of a sudden, like throwing, not throwing turnovers is like so easy to do because everyone does it. And it's so common. It's pretty much accepted now. So the fact that he's been doing that uh, has not been doing that since week 17 of last season. That's damn impressive. That's a skill in itself. So I would, I don't think it's so much just strictly the systems. We've seen this system the same way under Jimmy freaking Garoppolo. That's and it what was I was going to say. Galore, galore. That's what I was going to say. So I think it's like, okay, that's, if anything, that's an elite trait in itself. And maybe he's trending towards that direction, but he needs to play at least out of the season going into the next before I even talk about him being elite. Other than that, I'm sharp. Also mentioned like, if you take away Debo, George Kittle, he pretty much said, if I take away every Niners quarterback, every Niners skill player, I'm like, okay, you pretty much just make your argument. So if I basically put them on the Giants, like, no doubt. Why do you think those guys look that bad? Because there's no one around them. That's the point. I mean, I, I think it's funny that they're trying to use this to discredit him because we've seen examples of other quarterbacks, a.k.a. Jimmy Garoppolo, in the situation, yeah. not do Jack. I always compare it to – I always compare Jimmy Garoppolo as someone at the dinner table where he leaves half of his food of the dinner plate still left over. It's like, dude, there was so much left to be had. Where Purdy, there's only probably like 10% left of the food on there. He makes the most of the opportunity. He lifts up. He taps into the potential of everyone. So to me, it's like he's more than the system quarterback. He's optimizing it. Yeah, like to say he's a product of the system, first of all, what does that even mean? Like to me, a product of the system means that he wouldn't even be good if it wasn't like he'd be he'd be bad and to me that's jimmy garoppolo look at jimmy garoppolo this year that's exact he was a product Bottom of the system no question i don't think brock Purdy's a product he's just too many th things well to say that he'd be bad on another team now does the system enhance his numbers does the supporting cast enhance his numbers yeah but i mean like just because he's in an offense that fits him perfectly why is that a bad thing like so is jalen hurts Jalen Hurts is in an offense that fits him perfectly with a great supporting cast. Like, no one really gives knocks him for that. Or, you know, for how about in the 80s, Joe Montana? He was in the perfect system for him. They built it for him. And he had Roger Craig, Brent Jones, Jerry Rice, John. Like, he, I'm not saying Brock Purdy's Joe Montana, but he's in the same situation. The Raiders literally wouldn't have wanted Joe Montana. They would have been like, sorry, can't throw yeah, down can't, the field. They need someone with the bomb back system. Yeah, it doesn't fit our system. Sorry, it doesn't fit our team. So, I mean, you can say that about a lot of – Tom Brady was a system quarterback to a degree. Threw a lot of short passes. So, I don't think you can really knock a quarterback for being on a team that uses a system that's right for him. Like, that's just good coaching. You're yeah. supposed to do that. Every quarterback's supposed to have that luxury. You know what else reminded me of this? I remember – I don't know if we also had a topic once upon a time, like two years ago of this, but I remember, like – at least with friends and family, like, man, did the foreigners mess up by not drafting DK Metcalf instead of Debo Samuel? And to me, it was always like, no, nah, I think both players went perfectly system. where they were. Why? Because it fits. And I'm thinking that that's kind of the first thing I thought about when, when Shannon Sharp was talking about all that. It's like, look, DK Metcalf might be the better pure wide receiver. I think he is, but he wouldn't fit in the foreigners offense as well as Debo Samuel does because it's not what Kyle Shanahan – literally pertains yeah. to with running yeah. you know that's what he's got brandon Ayuk for and even Ayuk doesn't do so much of he, he does a lot more like shiftiness and cross like he just does right. everything so you just need that one guy Metcalf would be more like just the bombing guy 
that right. they don't really need or utilize too much. Debo Samuel is the one that they really that they really have do all that shape shifting and everything in terms of receiver, running back, and just utilities. Man, I don't see Brock Purdy being that system quarterback because again, it's been too much too many times now. Where, you mean to tell me Kyle Shannon has the system so well that they're able to score thirty plus points practically every game except for two Dallas playoff game and uh, Seattle last year. That he that that he can do if that again if that was the case why didn't the other quarterbacks do that I only say Garoppolo because you know we've already seen backup quarterbacks in the system before uh, other than Garoppolo but it's just no I, I think I've seen enough where it's like no he's definitely the uplifting figure that's someone who optimizes it and puts them in control and literally makes everyone play to the potential and doesn't leave enough to be had yeah is he elite you can't say that after fourteen no, that's, that's thirteen career true. games but. He is incredibly consistent, and what he does well, he does every week. Like it's not, it's hard to say it's a fluke, or it's like remember uh, Jeremy Lin when he went on that run, and people called it Lin sanity, yeah. and everyone was like, "This is a lot of fun," but like this is not going to sustain, and it didn't. I, I think we're past that with Brock. This feels like he's here to stay, and it doesn't mean he's going to be an MVP, but it feels like he's going to be the starting quarterback for a long time here unless he gets hurt again. Grant, we just we, we were just literally months away talking about was he going to have Tommy John on his freaking elbow, right. and he's coming back now. We've seen the sample size before and after, and it's like, I don't see anything different. <laughs> I don't see anything different. Leading the thing, league in, in passer rating. I, I, no picks on throwing what? arm. Remember, this is the throwing arm, not the arm where he yeah. just holds the ball, and this is his throwing arm. That's insane to me. I mean – yeah, it's I, I honestly I really thought there was going to be a point in time now and maybe it will in the next three games, but that he would have start getting a little bit more exposed or come down to earth because they had more film on him last year. He didn't have time to work on himself, but it's like, shoot, maybe he, maybe it wasn't so much. He didn't have time to work on himself. Maybe he just didn't have enough time to show what else he had to show enough that he was like actually a pretty solid quarterback. And it's so far it's it, it's looking like more than that than what I thought my theory was going to be that he was going to get more coming down to earth because again he didn't have time to work on himself it was just working on how to throw again what's interesting to me about this comment from Shannon Sharp is again he played for Mike Shanahan he's one of the best players that Mike Shanahan ever coached mm -hmm. and the way I understand coaches is they love their best players like like their children like they're their personal like you know like you made I created you to an extent and you made me look good so I'll love you forever. I would imagine Shannon Sharp has Mike Shanahan's number, and I would imagine they have a close relationship, and they could talk like about stuff like this. And I wonder if Mike's side of the story is, yeah, Brock Purdy, nice little story, nice little quarterback, but <laughs> he is just a function. He he is a product of my kids' offense. Let's be honest here. I feel like the, the Shanahan's aren't that modest you know what i mean like they're pretty they're not that modest and they take a lot of credit for stuff i just i i wonder privately if the two of them kyle and mike are like it's me it's us like we're this is this is all a product of what we do i feel like especially with mike i don't think it's kyle at least not yet but i feel like with mike I, I agree with that theory a thousand percent because this is one thing that all these like insiders, like former athletes do is like they don't come with the on the fly. They're talking to these people and they're putting it off as their own opinion. Like no one's not. That's why. Why do you think I, well, they're called analysts or experts? They're not really experts. They're experts in knowing people. There's a difference. 
So I think in your sense, I'm with you. I just don't think it's necessarily Kyle and Mike talking with each other. I think it's Mike like, oh, dude, that's all my son's doing, Shannon. Like, come on. Are you serious? Come on. That's my system that he built upon. Like, that's not. that's more my system. Why are they so enthusiastic about Sam Darnold? Because I think the Shanahan's think that Brock is a product of their system. So if <laughs> Lil Brock Purdy can lead the league in passer rating on this team, imagine what Sam Darnold could do. Now, maybe he's not as good as, as Brock, but I feel like they think their system in this team can pretty much create any quarterback. And at this oh, yeah. point, it's no, there's no use in paying for it, which maybe is true. We'll see. I don't know I about Sam Darnold, but we'll see. I think that's a fact because, again, they had Garoppolo looking like a top 15, top 20 quarterback, 15 to 20 quarterback, not top 15, but 15 to 20 range quarterback with him, and now he's bottom five. So I think if they're them, they're not looking – they don't look in their system as like, all right, I look – they don't look at players like, oh, I'm judging them so much of what they did before. I'm judging them kind of off that, and what can I do when I put them with us? What can I do with my system? What can I do with the players around us? So that's why I think ultimately why they think – Sam Donald can actually be a capable, competent, and sufficient quarterback if he does need to step in at any point. That's why I feel like Niner fans don't get it. They're always so fiercely defending their quarterback. <laughs> I think their own head coach is usually as skeptical as anyone. Yeah. About how good the quarterback actually is. Like, hey, we can win with him, and he can operate my system, and I like him, but come on. It's all me here. And people that are saying that Brock Purdy's a lead or taking this kind of stuff personally might want to remember the fact that the Shanahan's father and son probably feel the same way as Shannon Sharp privately. So yeah, probably don't view him as an irreplaceable quarterback just yet. But again, it's only been five games into this season, seven to eight from last. So by the time the season ends, maybe a lot of our tunes, uh, a lot of our tunes change. They 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 probably think they can win the Super Bowl with Sam Darnold if it comes down to it. I bet they do. I feel like Purdy has a better decision making on his hand than at least Darnold does. That's the one thing I think I feel confident. No, no question. No question. Uh, all right, let's check out some some lines for the week. Bet US. Yeah. Play. Click the link in the description. All right, the Niners and the Browns. Oh, minus ten. Earlier this week, it was minus what? six and a half. They're minus ten now. Minus ten on the road. I guess the word is out. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson isn't going to play. Minus 10. It's the scale by three to four points. That is insane to me. I still think the Niners cover that. Minus 10. Would you bet on Cleveland and P.J. Walker to cover that spread? Oh, take, would you take 10 no? points? No. Because I do think they're going to make some mistakes. I think the Niners' defense is going to get a touchdown. Yeah. But I think That's the Niners' outrageous. offense is going to get like 20 to 23. Yeah. What about Seattle on the road plus three against Cincinnati? Oh God! Well, Cincinnati looked looked alive last week. That was against Arizona. I'd probably be more inclined to take the Seahawks just because they have a better running game. They probably sustain better. Geno Smith's not bad, a better upgrade than Josh Dobbs. I'd probably take that. I'm any chance I can take like some points. I, I like to favor that more times than not. But okay, okay. All right. Um, how about Baltimore minus four and a half on the road against Tennessee? Oh. I like Tennessee. I like the points of Tennessee. I'm fading Baltimore. Uh, yeah. I'll take the points there too. How about the Colts plus four and a half on the road against Jacksonville? Ooh. I like Jacksonville. I feel like they're clicking now. I'll take the minus four. Although they got Gardner Minshew. Minshew probably does better with settling the offense. Oh. 
Lions minus three on the road against the Bucks. Oh, I'll take the Lions. I'll take the Lions. Baker's yeah, starting to pick, baby. Patriots plus three on the road against the Raiders. Oh, hell no. Raiders. Raiders. I don't Raiders. trust the Patriots. It, it, oh, my God. That's a, such a fuchi bowl. That's a stinky bowl. That's a stink. Oh, my God. Who's watching Cardinals that game? plus seven. Cardinals plus seven on the road against the Rams. Oh. Oh, man. That's rough. I'll take the Rams. Give me the, give me the Cardinals. I want the like points. I want the points. Eagles minus six and a half on the road against the Jets. Oh, man, buddy. Ooh, good defense on New York. Jets can run the ball. They got a good defense. Oh, man. Eagles, I can't put money on Zach Wilson. I can't ever do it. Can't ever don't, do it. Don't. That's can't a mistake. If you it. want to play, use the link in the description to get a 125% sign-up bonus on your first deposit. Bet US. Thank you very much. All right, let's do Keith Murphy, the unbeaten. Chris Carter a couple of years ago said 95% of NFL players are system players. Only like Randy Moss, Barry Sanders, Lawrence Taylor, or, or that level talent are good in any system. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how come no one ever calls Debo a system player? He is. He is. Yeah. He is. He wouldn't work on the Raiders. He wouldn't work on the Eagles. Well, maybe he would work on the Eagles, but he wouldn't work. He would work, work on the Rams. But he wouldn't be optimized on other teams, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You could probably think of, like, yeah. Four teams where he'd be a fit for six tops if you really thought about yeah. it, but the rest, no, 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 no. Chris Badal, Battle Badal says they called Montana system quarterback until '85. I remember that back in '85. Where were you in '85? Uh, I paused twinkle in my it. daddy's eye. Don't say it. A twinkle in your daddy's eye. <laughs> Jeffrey Ray says, y'all think Purdy is a team guy that would make a deal with the Niners for a smaller contract, allowing us to have a larger window. I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Usually not. No. Usually not. <laughs> Double B Studios. Is under- $160,000. That doesn't mean, wasn't yeah. this recording up really right now? Yeah, he's going to need back pay on that one. I'm departing my week long SF trip. Delicious food. Yeah. Double B Studio, man. King Q says, Grant, do you think Brock Purdy is working on his flus you talked about in the offseason? Flaws. Yeah, man. I think he works on his flaws and doesn't run from them. I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo was sort of in denial about his flaws and kind of like didn't address them, which is why he kept making the same mistake. Whereas Brock Purdy, you know, like, hey, Brock Purdy can't throw the deep ball. And he's like, oh, word. Is that is that the case? Is that what people say? And then the next week he like hits him. So I respect that type of person. Mm-hmm. You, mean, you know what I'm saying? His deep ball this year looks a little better than last year. And I think it's more because he's thrown it earlier. So it's timing. You know, that's so key. So key. Ryan Kessler, thank you so much. All right, let's talk Randy Gregory. Niners' newest addition, Randy Gregory, didn't play last week, Could should play this week. When asked about him, the run game coordinator, Chris Forster, had something interesting to say. They faced him in the playoffs two years ago, and Forster said that Trent Williams said that in that game, Randy Gregory was as good as anyone he'd seen, and Trent Williams gave him a big, Rave really? review and seal of approval. And I feel like that's a big reason the Niners got Randy Gregory is because Trent Williams was like, that guy's good. And I guess if Trent Williams says that guy's good, you believe it. Um, do you think he's going to make a difference for this team? I, the same thing. I think so long as he's healthy and out there, I think he could be a fairly good impact player. Like not so much like a dominating player. Like I, I don't know if he's still, if he could find that player that they saw during Cal, during his stretch with the Cowboys, 
But even if he's just close to that or just even just the middle ground, that's all the 49ers really need is someone just to make enough noise for like four to six snaps a game because they're not really getting that anywhere else on the on the defensive end um, aside from Nick Bosa. So if we can get that, then God forbid, then Jesus, they just made a great trade looking for him because they pretty much got him for peanuts. They got him for nothing. They pretty much just mm-hmm. gave him a hand, Broncos a handshake and a pat in the back and said, stay golden, pony boy, and then bring us Randy Gregory. That's pretty much all they did. Like, that's all I did. They complimented them. That's it. That's all they got him for. So if he can be that, then yeah. So I'm more inclined to say, yes, he's going to be more of a difference maker than the flame out. And you would hope that now he's not being that starting caliber guy that needs to play like 80% of the time, 100% of the time, then that's going to really mitigate any sort of injury issues he may have. You said stay golden pony boy. Yeah, dude, that, that, dude, that compliment goes you know far. Do you know what that's from? Yes, the Outsiders. Wow. Dude, they forced you us to read homework. that. And, uh, they did. Everyone has to read that. Yeah. And the movie's sick. I like the movie. The movie's good. I think Randy Gregory's going to make a difference. I feel like he's going to be motivated on this team. He's going to be better than Drake Jackson and Cleveland Farrell. Significantly. Especially Cleveland Farrell. I'm such a hater of his. I mean, what has Drake Jackson done since week one? Yeah. It's like... We saw another week where it's like, all right, now it's a chance to see what you can do. We got your competition in here. Let's see how you answer. And it's like, but is it really his fault? I mean, I guess it's his fault, but like there was so much hype and pressure put on him from Kyle Shanahan, from Steve Wilkes, from freaking from every coach. They're like, yeah, he's looked so much better. This and that. He's going to be changed. They did all this insurmountable built of hype on him. That was like, this is getting outrageous. We're at the point where if he's not making a handful of impact plays on a weekly basis, He's going to look like a bust. So the fact that they that they already kind of essentially, in a way, gave up on him after those four games kind of was like, it makes sense because they were already pretty much like, we need to see something. We need to see something now. You know how many defensive snaps Drake Jackson played last week against Dallas? 12. Yeah, 13. Oh, they, fa- they phased him out, man. Like He was playing a lot. He was playing about 50, 60% of the snaps. Now he's out. And that's because since week one, he has a grand total of zero quarterback hits. None. Uh, And um, two tackles. Three. Three combined tackles. So, yeah. It's Randy Gregory time. And if he can't get it done, they might have to go get Frank Clark, but I don't think they will. I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, probably not Frank Clark. Randy Gregory is like way better player than him than at this point. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. F you, Joe Boos. Uh, I do it myself. Says I'm a system fan. If you put me with any other trash team, it wouldn't work. <laughs> James Hennessy right. says pay Brock two times as much in his next contract. Oh yeah, give him one point six million, one point six, one point nine, whatever it is. Hundred percent increase. Jeffrey Ray says I don't get the impression BP is about the money. Yeah, right now. Man, you're going to have a rude awakening when you realize he's just like every other one else. I don't know. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says Fred Warner said in an interview that Brock is the leader of the team and center on how they operate. Surprised me. Your thoughts? He's a quarterback. You know what's funny, Grant? That last question reminds me of like how you just also cited earlier was how everyone want, how there aren't fans that thinks he's elite or just great and all this stuff. Until once he's getting paid, then all of a sudden we'll start hearing, well, you know, he's all proponent of the system, man. It's not really – it's like, oh, wait, wait a second. Okay. All right. I see how it is. Yep, yep. Um, 
but no, I mean, Brock Purdy is the leader. Like he carries himself like yeah. leader. He's the quarterback. They, you need the quarterback to be the leader. You can't work around. You can't have a quarterback who's not willing to be a leader. And I think one thing that people don't talk about with Justin Herbert is that he's a, he's a little weird kind of, and I wonder how much his team is bought into him. He strikes me as a little bit of like a quiet on his own non-leader. And I, th- I mean, there's always a million excuses as to why that team doesn't win more. I wonder how well, how much his teammates really buy into him. I wonder, because there's no question with Brock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially with, if you're speaking about Fields, how he went from like essentially saying it's the coaching, then like literally like an hour later saying nah. So it's like you're being a leader. You can't be wishy-washy changing what you're saying like so much so often like that in a short amount of time. So at least Brock is just like, no, I'm just going out there just playing. It's like. He doesn't get too high or too low, which is always key, you know, as a cliche as that is. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's working for this team, and it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten. Thank you very much. Jamix says, does Brock have a stronger arm than Tua? Was Tua with uh, – we was Tua without system. Shanahan – Shannon was the one who called Brady a system quarterback and gave all the credit to Belichick. Yikes. Um, I don't think Brock does have a stronger arm than Tua. I think Tua goes down the field a little bit more than Brock, but neither one has a cannon. They're very similar. Very. Yeah. Ryan Kessler, can we afford Ayuk? Yeah, we. Me, you, and Jose, the three of us can. No, I think they can. Where's my wallet at? Hold on. All right, last topic. I got a penny. I'll get it done, right? I think this is interesting. I feel like most people agree that that the only thing holding the Niners back from winning a Super Bowl this year is potentially themselves. If they derail themselves, they're they're way better than other teams. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Eagles and the Chiefs can catch up. One easy way for the Niners to mess this up is to overuse Christian McCaffrey and get him hurt. And I think we're when we see him get like 25, 27, 28 touches in a game, we're like, why you won by it was such a big game. Why did you do this? What coach would want to so I asked Chris Forrester, you know, what do you think? And he sort of revealed, like, yeah, like Christian's hard to take off the field. He really won't come out. It's like, oh. Okay, so Christian McCaffrey wants to be the Offensive Player of the Year. Got it, got it, got it. What do you think of Christian McCaffrey sort of defying his coaches and saying, look, I'll play as much as I want? Thank you. I feel like it's kind of normal for star players in a way because so many times until I see them, like even Debo Samuel or any player in any in any, in any team, unless they have like they do they have like a massive run or a big play like a receiver or running back whatever it was like 20 to 40 yards that i unless they they, they literally they're waving they they're the ones that kind of sub themselves off because the coaches aren't going to be like yeah it's a good idea to take one of our best players off because i guess in a coach's mind they kind of sound like wait that's the stupidest thing i could ever do and they don't see how long-term picture it is, especially in that moment, especially that moment. They don't see the, the, the future is irrelevant because what matters is the now in that game. So if right. Chris McCaffrey wants to go out there, if he's, if, if they're trusting in him, they'd be like, okay, he's not too gassed. He's not getting too beat up. Then it's like, yeah. But again, to me, it's just about, all right, are you, are you managing him well when it's close, when it's games that you're blowing him out towards the end? Like last week was perfect. Jordan Mason started getting carries at the end of third quarter before that final touchdown. And then they yep. pretty much gave it away. That was, per- that was exactly what I want to see. We talked about it. Like, will they do that? And it was perfect. Yeah. Fresh French bleh, chest kiss. Beautiful. And we got to see Jordan Mason ball out 6.9 yards per carry, I believe. 
And now it's like, okay, maybe that gives you an opportunity to trust more in Mason to spell McCaffrey after he makes those giant runs because it doesn't like McCaffrey was really doing too hot anyways on the ground. He was averaging, what, 2.3 yards to carry? That was pretty bad, but I guess it was to be expected. So hopefully in this case you have more trust in your backup and you can reel in McCaffrey a little bit more. But to me, it's just ultimately as long as the games are out of reach, you don't run them too much. I don't like Christian doing this. I like Christian, but I don't like him doing this for a few reasons. It's not in the best interest of the team, okay? It's not your call. It's the coach's call. Respect your coach and trust that they're doing it in the best interest of the team. It feels like a selfish move, like, I want to be out here. I want accolades. I want numbers. I want the ball. <laughs> Give me the ball. I, I feel like it's a little bit selfish. Also, imagine you're Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell. And the coach says, all right, Jordan, I want you in the game. It's your turn. And you run on. And Christian says, nah. Like, Get you're, in the same, you're in the same meeting room. You, you spend a lot of time with Christian. You're supposed to like each other. You're supposed to be teammates. I would, would you not grow to resent the guy? Like, hold on, man. Can I eat too? Can I provide for my family as well? Like, am I supposed to applaud you when you tell me to go screw myself and stand on the side? Like, I, well, come on, man. So I, I think it's kind of messed up. And do it in a playoff game, man. We could call it, it'll be legendary if you do it in the Super Bowl. No, I'm staying in. I want the ball. And then he won the game. Like, great. It's October, man. Chill. Pace yourself. It's October 13th. It's my three-quarter like birthday. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like... I feel like, if anything, implementing more Mason behind McCaffrey is going to benefit McCaffrey himself because that change of pace works well. You, you get a little bit more energized, and it gives the defenses different looks because they're not the same type of runner. Mason's definitely more of a downhill, I'll run you over. And Mason also thunder has some- and lightning. Yes, perfectly thunder and lightning. That's a perfect example. And at least with your McCaffrey, it's like, okay, cool. You got McCaffrey with, I mean, uh, Mason had two carries, you know, for like seven yards. Whatever, like he got, he, he bulldozed him a little bit. McCaffrey, get in there, be that speedster that I used to. All of a sudden, he breaks the seam, goes for like 30. That's that's really what you want. You want less carries, but larger numbers. You don't want to keep having like 25 carries for like 60 yards. That's becomes stupid at that point. Remember when the Giants had Tiki Barber and Ron Dane? Thunder and Lightning. Thunder and Lightning. Remember when USC had Reggie Bush and Lindell White? Mm-hmm. Thunder and Lightning. Thunder. Shake and bake. Shake. Changing paces backs matter, dude. Those are those, that's actually like that's a huge thing. I think even the Patriots did Legarrette Blunt and uh, uh who was another like kind of a speed. Uh, they had a bunch of backs back then, not James White. James White was the scout back, but I remember they used to have that, that's the thing about offenses. Danny Woodhead. Danny Wood, yeah. So I mean, well, he was he was a receiver. I think you're gonna expert. Anyways, but that's Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola, that's right. Um the thing, the thing about all offenses, if you look in the league, is like everyone has a solid one-two, like a solid one-two. Even though they're not getting like that two, like you know, eight carries, but it's like, dude, like that matters. That gives them something. Even Tony Pollard gives up about five carries to his backup, Rico, Rico Daldo, whatever. All these guys give up some carries to each other. It's really the 49ers that are only bell cow that, that really have it, and it's, it's come on, think about. And it's the not by tradition. their choice. It's not their choice. It's Christian's choice. And you would think a guy with the head coach Kyle Shannon that he wouldn't like necessarily like allow that. But again, it's like, what's he going to tell his stars? That's what they want to see. I think that's what he wants to see. That's what he loves. All right. All right, Christian. If he didn't like it, I doubt. I I think if he truly didn't like it, I doubt he'd be letting that fly. I think he loves that Kish McCaffrey wants to stay in there. 
I, I, I mean, I agree. Like the opposite was to me, Carlos Hyde. Dude, Carlos Hyde used to take himself out after every time he ran the ball. It felt like it was like you ran it one time. Why are you <laughs> why are you doing this? Remember that game that the Niners had a big lead? I think it was the Chip Kelly year against the Jets. And I think Carlos Hyde ran for like 200 yards and they lost to Bryce Petty somehow. That was a game where I, he he only had half the carries. And I think people were like, what's the deal? I was like, well, look at him. He keeps taking himself out of the game. So I don't know. At least he's not that. Is Carlos Hyde still in the NFL? No. I don't oh. think he's been in the NFL for like two years, three years. Yeah. Well, he did have a Hall of Fame career. You know, great time. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one game. Hang it up in the Lavoir, whatever the word is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see if there's any more Super Chats. There are. Jeffrey Ray says, Brady took a smaller contract to keep his team strong. BP wants to prove everyone wrong for years to come. He definitely deserves the bag. Dude, Brady married Giselle, okay, who made way more money than him. So and I don't has- think you could say like Brady was like above the money and that's why he gave some back. Like he had tons of money. You think Brock is going to be like, you know what? I'll take. No, I don't think so. Man. I, don't I don't believe in this that. thing. Like Brock wants to prove everyone wrong for a year. Like, like no one knows that. And I doubt he does. I doubt he cares. He just wants to play. He doesn't hear about the noise. Papa Phil says Shador Sanders is making 4.8 million at college. Oh my God. Is that true? I I would I would believe that I would believe that nil money. There's a lot of players making more nil money than Brock Purdy. Matter of fact, if Brock Purdy was an undrafted free agent, he would have made more money. Brock needs an nil deal. Great to see Jesse back and in midseason four. Do I look like Jesse? He's talking about me, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's funny to think about it that way. There's college players making more money than Brock. Poor Brock. No, I don't think he's going to give the Niners any breaks in this time, man. With someone. Or he's not sharing a room. He's sharing. Maybe he's sharing a room. I don't maybe know he's, maybe it's bunk beds. Could be bunk beds. <laughs> Look at all this floor space. <laughs> Look, oh, so many activities. <laughs> oh, I was just doing karate. Twelve places. Finally, the O line playing good, protecting Brock. You agree? We'll see. We'll see this week, man. But yeah, cool. so far last last game was amazing. I feel like I was more of a game plan proponent. Yeah. Not saying it was solely, just more so because again, you know, you're not you're not going straight heads, but no one really is. But yeah, well, if we do this next one, I guess an, pretty much another great vaunted pass rushing defense. Vaunted. Damn, yeah, fantastic. That's the end of the show, Jose. What are you going to do the rest of the day? Uh, rehab my knee so I can start mm. walking soon. I like to walk. I respect like it. Walk, right? I respect it. I do like to walk. I've been taking walks, and I'm you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a nap. I'm exhausted. Can you tell? <laughs> no. Can't tell? No, because usually your nap time is at 7 p.m. <laughs> then snaps with a finger. Then you go granddad mode. You start falling asleep in the chair. That's true. I'm surprised you know, I'm surprised one day you're, you're not going to you're going to fall asleep in your stream chair one day. Just like, yeah, yeah. One day like, oh, God. Back in my day. <laughs> nap time. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back. Cone phone tomorrow. Cone phone tomorrow. You got something to say? Call in. See you then. Holler at him. Holler.